Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Anybody blessed this morning? Did the Lord wake anybody up this morning? Praise God. want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, this is our prayer month. And as you turn to Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, I also want to welcome those watching online. Let's make some noise for those watching online. <laughs> Praise God for those tuning in wherever you're tuning in from. God can meet you through that. Screen in Jesus' name. Uh, before we get into Psalms 1, a couple of special announcements really want to uh, remind us about. We are passing out flyers for our Fresh Hope Revival. Make sure you get a couple of these, put them in your purse or car or wallet, and invite somebody. Invite, someone say invite. So we want you to really invite somebody to our Fresh Hope Revival. We're believing God is going to save some souls, deliver some souls. We're believing God is going to work uh, in a mighty way. That's October 27th uh, and 28th. Remember, it's a two-city revival. We're taking revival on the road. The first night is here in Paramount, but the second night we rented a big church in Uptown Whittier. So make sure you take the revival road with us. Amen? Also want to remind you that we are launching our prayer stations. We passed out some of these uh, flyers about our prayer stations, and we're encouraging, if you're part of our Paramount location, join us on Thursday night at 7.15. We're going to pray and worship from about 7.15 to maybe about 8.30. Pray and worship, pray and worship every Thursday in the month of October. We're really believing that God is going to do something special uh, in our life through our prayer. Now, if for some reason you cannot make Thursday night, we have about 30 other prayer stations that you could join in different cities and some even on Zoom. You don't even have to brush your teeth. You just log in and start praying. In fact, I heard there was about 40 ladies praying this morning at 5 a.m., it's not too late, ladies, to get involved in that prayer, uh, 21 days of pr uh, fasting, and they're praying uh, at 5 a.m. in the morning. If you want information on that, on, uh, they're praying on Zoom, get with Pastor Irene. Now, we do have a general fasting plan that we're encouraging people to pick one option. We want to fast in the month of October together as a church. Uh, the options are Mondays uh, during breakfast or Wednesdays, breakfast, and lunch. So we're encouraging you to pick one. If you need to learn a little bit more about fasting, go to our YouTube page, Brian Wharf TV. I have a couple of teachings on fasting, the basics of fasting on there that will teach you and help you to understand. But we really want to pray and fast during the month of October. Someone shout amen. I want to encourage you to join us. And then lastly... Uh, on October 14th, we're going to have an open house at our Kingsman Discipleship Home. You've been hearing about the Kingsman Home. Now we want to open it up for people to walk through and kind of see it 
and meet some of the guys. So I want to encourage you to mark that date, October 14th. Uh, the period of time is going to be between 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We guess it'll only take you about 15 minutes to do a walkthrough. Somebody will walk you through, share with you the vision uh, and the mission, maybe meet one of the guys. And it should only take about 15 minutes. But we want to expose you to what God is doing in that home. Someone shout amen. So make sure you mark that date between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. on October 14th. Now, let's turn to Psalms chapter 1. I'm going to do something different uh, this morning. And I want all of us to read this entire chapter. It's only six verses out loud, uh, right where you're at, like you believe it. Now, don't rush through reading it. Take your time. But I want you to read it out loud. It doesn't matter what translation you have. Uh, we just want to release the word of God into the atmosphere together. Are you following along? So on the count of three, right where you're at, read Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 6 out loud. One, two, three. Amen. Did you do it? Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. You just read an entire chapter of the Bible. I ain't going to ask you when's the last time you read an entire chapter, but anytime you read an entire chapter, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. So today we're starting a month-long series in the book of Psalms. Every Sunday, uh, we're going to look at the book of Psalms. We're going to reflect upon, upon the book of Psalms. We're going to learn from the book of Psalms. We're going to kind of bathe our soul in the book of Psalms. And I want to encourage you to join us during this new season for the month of October as we look at the book of Psalms and anticipate God doing a special work in our life. Someone shout amen. Now, today, my goal is to give you an introduction to Psalms. That's what my goal is. I want to kind of help you understand the importance of the book of Psalms, and I want to help you understand what can we anticipate when we read the book of Psalms? What can we expect from God when we meditate on the book of Psalms? Like, what do we uh, expect from God as we look to the book of Psalms all month long? These are the two things that I want to share this morning as by way of an introduction. Why Psalms is so important and what can we expect from the book of Psalms? Everybody following along? So the first thing that I want us to get is that Psalms is probably the most beloved book in the entire Bible. 
Psalms is probably the most beloved book in the entire Bible. Probably the most famous book in the entire Bible. It's what people read, uh, generally speaking, early in the morning before they uh, start their day. Generally speaking, people turn to the book of Psalms. It's what people turn to when uh, they're in the hospital and they're faced with sickness. Generally speaking, people turn to the book of Psalms. It's what people turn to when they get married. Anybody ever been to a wedding uh, lately? Probably they read one of the scriptures from the book of Psalms. It's the book that people turn to at the gravesite when they're faced uh, with death. Anybody been to a, a, a gravesite before? Or anybody been to a funeral? Chance Chances are you heard a verse from the book of Psalms. It's what people turn to early in the morning. It's what people turn to in celebration. It's what people turn to in the hospital. It's what people turn to at the gravesite. It's even what people turn to when they're in prison faced with depression and loneliness and isolation. I remember when I was in prison, there were seasons of my life when all I had was the book of Psalms. Anybody remember them small brown Gideon Bibles uh, that don't have the entire Bible and it has the New Testament and what else? The book of Psalms. And so I've been turning to the book of Psalms uh, for over 30 years now, since even before uh, I was a born-again Christian. It's what people turn to in the morning. It's what people turn to in grief. It's what people turn to in prison when they're faced with uh, depression and isolation and loneliness. By the way, I want to thank you for your your prayers for us uh, because last week we went into Corcoran State Prison and we got to minister to the prisoners there. Here's a picture. We got to uh, play basketball uh, with the prisoners there and we even got to pray for the warden. We got to lay hands on the warden and pray for his soul and pray for his body and we got to play basketball with lots of prisoners, and there I am in the middle. There goes Brother Jonathan on my left. There goes Brother Jeremy on the, on the left. And I don't know why, but my wife told me that, hey, you look like you fit in in this picture. I don't know why she told me that. But we got to minister fresh hope, and I want to thank you for your prayers. But um, I do want to say that when it came to the basketball game, some of y'all prayers didn't work. <laughs> Because we lost, and we got beat up, but it was fun, and it was meaningful. And did you know that whenever a team from your church goes and ministers the gospel, they represent all of us? Did you know that? That whenever a team, like we have a team with Coach Ernest that goes uh, to downtown Long Beach every Friday and they give food out. Do you know that they represent us? We had a team yesterday that went to Skid Row. The Kingsmen went to Skid Row and they ministered to the people there. They represent us. When, when one of us wins, all of us win. Why? Because we're on the same team. When somebody gave their life to the Lord here in this prison, let me tell you something. If you're part of Chapel of Change, you got you to check by your name in heaven. I talked to a guy who was sentenced to 100 years, and I got to encourage him about Jesus. I got to pray for him. I got to remind him that all things are possible in Christ Jesus. And I got to remind them about the power of the book of Psalms. 
Now, Psalms is a special strength to our soul. And so there's a reason why many, many, many people turn to the book of Psalms. And I want to remind us that Psalms is the prayer book of God's people. Psalms is the prayer book of God's people. Psalms is the book that God's people turn to to learn to pray. They turn to Psalms to learn to pray. Psalms gives us language and words for our prayers. When you read the book of Psalms, you're going to be exposed to uh, various emotions, highs and lows, and you're going to be able to gain words and expressions to share. Sometimes pain takes words away from us. Sometimes in the midst of pain, we don't know how to communicate, but Psalms teaches us how to communicate even in the midst of pain. Psalms 25, verse 4 through 5 says, Teach me your ways, O Lord. Make them known to me. Teach me to live according to your truth. Teach me your ways. And remember, I want to remind you that you're only as strong as your prayer life. I want to remind you that you're only as strong as your prayer life. That's one of the reasons why we launched this month of prayer, because we want you to be stronger. We want your marriage to get stronger. We want your uh, family to get stronger. We want your mind to be stronger. And you're only as strong as your prayer life. I want to remind you of the definition of prayer that I like, is that prayer is co-laboring with God to help manifest his will on this earth. Write that down. Prayer is co-laboring with God to help manifest his will on this earth. Remember, there's two sides to God's will. There's the sovereign side that is going to happen no matter what. There's part of God's will that's going to happen no matter what. You cannot negotiate with God. You cannot uh, plea bargain with God. If God says it, it's going to happen no matter what. But there's also another side to God's will that he desires to happen. That he wants to happen in your life or in your home or in your city. But he has chosen prayer as a means to get it done. He has chosen in his sovereignty prayer as a means to get it done. And I want to suggest to you, my brothers and sisters, maybe the reason why God is not working to the degree you want him to work in your life is because you have not been praying to the degree that he wants you to pray. Because the Bible teaches that as we pray, God works. As we pray, God works. And I like to illustrate that, that I kind of visualize it as everybody in here has a window uh, over your life between heaven and your life. You have a window. And I like to believe that God is over that window and he's trying to push some blessings down into your life. How many know that God wants to bless you? How many know that God is not insecure, that he don't mind you being blessed? And I really believe that God is hovering over your life and that window, and he's trying to push some joy into your life, push some peace into your life, maybe try to push a financial blessing over your life. But some of y'all windows are small. Some of your windows are small, and you can't push it into your life. But I'm believing that through the month of October, as you give yourself to prayer, that window is going to broaden and broaden and broaden and broaden. So prayer is co-laboring with God to help manifest his will on earth. I also want to teach you that prayer is the connection between the future and the present. 
Prayer is the connection between the future and the present. Write that down. Prayer is the connection between the future and the present. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're a born-again Christian, consider for a moment our glorious future. Consider for a moment our glorious future. Our glorious future in the fullness of the kingdom of God includes the fullness of joy, the fullness of peace, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more dying. You remember what the book of Revelation says in 21 verse 4? It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain. The old order uh, has been uh, things have been passed away. This is our, what we have to look forward to. This is, our, this is our glorious future. No more pain, no more sorrow, fullness of joy, fullness of peace, abundance, and, and, and peace and joy. And I want to let you know that you don't have to wait for your future to experience your future. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to experience a taste of heaven. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to walk in your inheritance. Prayer is your connection between the future and your present. Your future is now. You could have a taste of your future now if you elevate your prayer. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? The reason why there's so many defeated Christians in this world is because they're not walking in their future. They're walking in their past. They're, they're not walking in their future. They're, not, they're walking in their past. And so the, the enemy is chaining them to their past. And so they walk away slumped over. They walk down slumped over, broke, busted, and disgusted because they're living in their past. But if you increase your prayer, you'll be able to connect your present to the future. You'll get a little bit more joy, a little bit more peace, a little bit more uh, blessing in your life. Uh, God wants to see you blessed. Hello, somebody. So we're dealing with the importance of the book of Psalms and even prayer and how prayer brings a taste of the future into our present and the, the future is ours now. Is there any followers of Jesus Christ in the house? Anybody who loves Jesus in the house? I want to remind you that Psalms was the prayer book of Jesus. Any followers of Jesus in the house? Anybody who loved Jesus in the house, like you, you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus? I want to remind you that Psalms was the prayer book of Jesus and that Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus was a man of prayer. Now listen, we believe uh, uh, at Chapel of Change, we believe in the historical doctrines of the Christian faith. We believe that Jesus was totally God, but we also believe that Jesus was totally man. Are you following along? Jesus was totally man, but at the same time, he was totally God. But we believe also that as Jesus operated in this world, he did not operate in the fullness of being God, but he operated as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Are you following along? He operate, He didn't operate in the total fullness of being God, but he operated as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. And as a man, he needed to pray to the Father. As a man, he demonstrated, he, he modeled for us a life of prayer to the Father. So people say, they say, Brian, if Jesus was God, why did he pray? If Jesus was God, why does he pray? Well, one of the reasons why is because he was modeling for us a life of prayer. 
And Jesus was a man of prayer. He prayed in the morning. He, he prayed in the afternoon. He prayed in the evening. He prayed all night long. He prayed on a mountain. He prayed in the dirt. Uh, he prayed before he ate. He even prayed on the cross. He was on the cross praying. And, and, and Jesus prayed so much. Did you know that Jesus is even praying now? Did you know that part of Jesus' role now as our high priestly, uh, priest, that, that he performs the high priestly prayer for us even now? Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 34, listen to what it says. Who then will condemn us? No one. Someone say no one. For Christ Jesus died for us and raised to the life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. He pleads for us. That's this intercessory role as our high priest that Jesus, listen, I want to remind you today that Jesus is praying for you. The reason why you're still in your right mind is because Jesus is praying for you. The reason why you got to church today, it wasn't your bright idea. No, Jesus is praying for you. And so Jesus was a man of prayer. He, he, he marinated his life in prayer. And so the question is, the question is, how did Jesus learn to pray? If Jesus prayed in the morning, he prayed in the afternoon, he prayed in the evening, he prayed in the mountain, he prayed on the floor, in the dirt, in the garden of Gethsemane, when it was pitch black, he prayed. Uh, uh, how did Jesus learn to pray? I want to suggest to you that he learned to pray through the book of Psalms. He learned to pray through the book of Psalms like every Jewish boy growing up in that culture that day. He learned through the book of Psalms. And I'm even going to suggest to you that Jesus loved the book of Psalms. Your Savior, your Master, the one that you said you loved, the one that you said you followed. What, what did he love while he was on this earth? What, 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 did he, what was he into when he was on this earth? I'm going to let you know one of the things that he loved was the book of Psalms. How do I know? It's because when you study his ministry, it is the most quoted book in his ministry. Everywhere Jesus went, he was speaking about the book of Psalms. Everywhere Jesus went, he, he taught on the book of Psalms. Psalms is the most quoted book of Jesus' ministry. It was his favorite book in the Bible. Are you following along? He quoted Psalms when he called himself the chief cornerstone. In Matthew 21, verse 42, listen to this. It says, Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? Someone say cornerstone. What is a cornerstone? A cornerstone is, holds, is something that holds everything together. It's something that holds things together. If your life is falling apart, you need a cornerstone in your life. If your marriage is falling apart, you need the chief cornerstone in your life. If your family is falling apart, you need the chief cornerstone in your life. And his name is Jesus Christ. Now, where did he get that revelation from? Like, where did Jesus get that revelation of himself from? Here it is. He got it in Psalms. In Psalms 118, verse 22, listen to what it says. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief corner stone. He got it from the book of Psalms. Why? Because the book of Psalms was his favorite book. I'm taking even deeper. When Jesus was suffering on the cross. 
what was he talking about? When Jesus was suffering on the cross in the most excruciating pain, what was he talking about on the cross? By the way, let me just remind you, Jesus did not waste any words. Jesus did not waste any words. And when I, when I in years past, would read about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and I read that Jesus was kind of talking on the cross, I always thought for a long time, I thought, oh, man, he's just talking. Like, he's just talking on the cross. But he, I want to let you know right now that Jesus was not just talking. He was not just mumbling on the cross. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 24, verse 46. Listen to what he says. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, in your hands I commit my spirit. Now listen, he's in the most excruciating pain of his life. He's being crucified on the cross. And he says these words, Fathers, in your hands I commit my spirit. Where did he learn that from? Where did he get that from? It didn't just come to him out of nowhere. Guess where he got it from? He got it from the book of Psalms. He got it from the book of Psalms. Listen to Psalms 31 verse 5. Listen to what it says. In your hand I commit my spirit. Does that sound familiar? In your hand I commit my spirit. Does that sound familiar? Oh, now I see that when Jesus was suffering on the cross, he wasn't just mumbling words without any purpose out of his mouth. But Jesus was actually quoting the scripture. He was actually speaking the word of God in the midst of excruciating pain. Now, why is this so important? You know why? Because most of us, when we're in the midst of pain, the word of God doesn't come out of our heart. Other things come out of our heart. Most of us, when we're in pain, we start mumbling and complaining and griping and calling people up and posting things on Facebook. But Jesus spoke the word of God in the midst of his suffering. It ought to be an example for us. It ought to be an example for us. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we think about the book of Psalms this month, what's the impact of Psalms upon our heart? Like, what, what can we anticipate God to do as we study Psalms this month, as we meditate upon Psalms this month, as we worship in Psalms this month, what is the unique impact upon our hearts? I want to give you just a couple things that you can anticipate from God. I'm going to start off with the most important thing that we are praying and anticipating and expecting God to do at Chapel of Change. By the way, every time you come to Chapel of Change, I hope you come with a level of expectancy. I hope you come expecting God to move in your life. I hope you come with an expectancy for God to heal you or help you or strengthen you because the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. The atmosphere of expectancy is the 
the breeding ground of miracles. God will feed you to the level you are hungry. God will feed you to the level of your, to, of your hungry. If you're not hungry, if you don't come to the house of the Lord hungry, he ain't going to feed you. But if you come to the house of the Lord expecting God to heal my body, expecting God to give me a breakthrough, expecting God to answer my prayer, I'm telling you by the name of Jesus, the Lord God Almighty will show up and do something special in your life. Someone shout amen. So, so what do we expect God to do as we give ourselves to Psalms? Let me, let me just give you a couple. I'm going to start off with the most important thing. Here it is. The most important thing is that Psalms heal our broken heart. Psalms heal our broken heart. And let me talk about that for a couple moments because the enemy's chief goal, if he cannot stop you from getting saved, he wants you to live with a broken heart. When I talk about a broken heart, I'm not talking about what happens to you when your girlfriend leaves you. <laughs> when I talk about a broken heart, I'm not talking about what you feel when your boyfriend leaves you. That's not what I'm talking about. It may include it, but that's not what I'm talking about. Remember a couple weeks ago, I talked, we talked about that inner person. Remember we talked about how you have, everybody has an inner person, that this flesh is not your real you. Like this flesh that you're sitting on that chair with is not the real you. That's just your earth suit that allows you to live on this earth. The real you is behind your eyes, deep in your heart, looking at me right now. That's the real you. It's called the inner person. It's called, remember we learned, it's that inner being. It's the, it's the, it's the heart of hearts of you. And remember we learned that ever since we're a little kids, the enemy has been trying to break our heart because he knows that if we live with a broken heart, we'll never engage life. We'll never have faith to believe for a miracle. We'll, we'll always retreat. We'll always live a defeated lifestyle. All he needs to do is break our our heart and walk away from our life and we'll spend the rest of our life moping and groping and complaining and blame everybody else about our sorrow. Is anybody following along? When I talk about a broken heart, a broken heart is characterized by an anxious heart. A broken heart is characterized by a worried heart. A broken heart is characterized by a fearful heart. A broken heart is an insecure heart. If you, if you have a feelings of insecurity, that may be a symptom of a broken heart. A broken heart is characterized by a grief-stricken heart. A grief-stricken heart. And by the way, let me just say this. I thank God. I consider it a privilege that for some reason the Lord has an anointing upon Chapel of Change whereby the, the Lord is sending many people to Chapel of Change that have experienced broken hearts. That has experienced broken hearts. And in fact, people often ask me, they've asked me in the past, Brian, how is it that you're experiencing a unique expression of the Holy Spirit at Chapel of Change? Like I see the pictures, like you were baptized until 10 p.m. the other week, right? How is it that you're experiencing a unique expression of the Holy Spirit? And as I pondered upon that the last 10 years, I've concluded that one of the reasons is, is because God is sending a lot of people with broken hearts to our church and the Holy Spirit is is attracted to broken hearts. The power of God is attracted to broken hearts. For the Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted. The problem is that the devil wants us to live in that brokenheartedness. 
The problem is the devil doesn't want us to do anything to address the broken heart. And so that broken heart, it, it manifests through rebellion. It manifests through rebellion. Don't want to listen. Don't want to submit. You want to have your own way. That's symptoms of a broken heart. It manifests through insecurity. You think that people are after you or thinking people trying to hold you down or people trying to, trying to like nail you down. That, that, those are symptoms of insecurity, which is symptoms of a broken heart. It manifests with always being anxious, right? You, you're, you're wall-to-wall Holy Spirit, yet you run from everything you hear. You wall-to-wall, Holy Spirit. You are a million times bigger on the inside, but all the enemy has to do is get a little rumor into your ear, and you run away. That's a symptom of a broken heart. Is anybody following along? And so we, we are serving notice on the devil in the kingdom of darkness that God is healing broken hearts at Chapel of Change, that God is putting back together hearts at Chapel of Change, and we're going to be stronger, we're going to be more anointed, we're going to be more powerful in Jesus' name. Someone shout amen. So living with a broken heart is very serious. The Bible says in Proverbs 12, verse 15, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Serious. Proverbs 13, 12 says, when hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. See, again, when you live with a broken heart, you retreat from life. You can't focus. You can't focus at work. You can't focus on your family. When you live with a broken heart, you cannot maintain a healthy relationship. Why is that? Because hurt people hurt people. You want to know the most devastating thing about living with a broken heart? The most devastating thing about living with a broken heart is that your heart, your inner person, is the connector to the Holy Spirit. One of the, the chief way that God communicates with us, connects with us, is through our spirit or our heart or our inner being. Our inner being, our heart, is the connector to the Holy Spirit. So if our heart is broken, guess what? You ain't going to be able to hear God like you should hear God. If your heart is broken, you ain't going to be sensitive to the leading of God as you should be sensitive to the leading of God. If your heart is broken, you ain't going to be a follower of the Holy Spirit as you should be a follower of the Holy Spirit. Anybody picking up what I'm putting down? So the enemy wants you to live with a broken heart. I was reflecting upon this and studying upon this. And did you know that some doctors have even diagnosed a disease called the broken heart syndrome? Some doctors have even diagnosed the disease, the broken heart syndrome. And it's different from a heart attack, but it can cause the same result, which is death. And it's caused by extreme grief and can literally kill a person. Anybody remember the devastating school massacre in Uvalde, Texas in 2022? I was reading about that and I learned some more devastating kind of aspects of it. Is that one of the persons who was killed was a female teacher. A female teacher. And what's fascinating is, is that a couple weeks after that teacher died, her husband fell out and died unexplicably. He just died. He didn't get hit by a car. Uh, something tragic didn't happen. He just fell over and died. And many presume that he died of a broken heart. 
that he couldn't handle the grief. He couldn't handle the trauma. He couldn't handle the sorrow. And so his body just caved in and sadly he died of a broken heart. And my brothers and sisters, I want to remind us, when the world breaks our heart, we need something to heal us. When the world breaks our heart, we need something to mend us. When the world breaks our heart, we need some spiritual medicine to put on, on, on our hearts. And listen, if your heart is not broken now, you just keep on living. Eventually, the world is going to break your heart. If your heart is not broken now, event, you just young people, young people in the house, young every young person in the house, you need to get this. You keep on living. Keep on living. Eventually, this world is going to try to break your heart. And if it ever succeeds, listen, do not run into the world for your answer. Do not run to another person for your answer. You better run to the Word of God. You better run to Jesus Christ. You better run to the Spirit of the living God because it's His Word that heals us. The Bible says He sent his word and delivered us so so psalms psalms is god's healing power for our hearts in psalms 34 verse 18 it says the lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit psalms 147 verse 3 says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds so i'm believing and i'm anticipating that this month of october Man, I'm believing, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited that God is going to give us greater levels of healing in our heart, that God is going to strengthen us even more. I'm telling you, I'm believing that some of y'all are going to wake up at some time in October and you're going to feel a supernatural Holy Ghost strength coming, coming upon you. I'm believing that God is going to strengthen us. So Psalms heals our souls, but secondly, Psalms x-rays our souls to discover spiritual infections. Psalms x-rays our souls to discover spiritual infections. Think about what made the purpose of natural x-rays. What are they for? You go to a hospital, you get an x-ray. The purpose is to discover what's going on on the inside of you. Is that right? My tooth was messed up a couple months ago. I went to the dentist. What do they do? The first thing they do is they give me an x-ray. Why? Because they want to discover what's going on below the surface. There are some things in life that you cannot tell on the surface. You need to be able to go below the surface to figure out what's going on. So I took that x-ray and they discovered that there was an infection underneath my tooth. Hello, somebody. And it took an x-ray to discover that. It took an x-ray to discover the infection beyond the surface. And listen, Psalms x-rays are souls. They, it, they point out infections that are going on in our souls. Psalms are soul searching. They're, they're soul examining. They, when you read the book of Psalms, you will kind of be, expose yourself to, to different types of emotions and sin and hypocrisy, and you'll uncover all that in the book of Psalms, but simultaneously they will expose to you what's in your heart. For the word of God is like a mirror. It's like a mirror. 
So we look to the word of God like a mirror, not to see uh, uh, exactly a mirror to look into the future, but to see what's wrong with us. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? In Psalms 119.12, it says, who can discern his own errors? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Notice that phrase, hidden faults. Hidden faults. And I want to remind us that there's many spiritual diseases out in that world. Sometimes you don't even know you've been infected. There's spiritual diseases out there in your office, at your work, in your school. Some of y'all are going home to an infected home. And, and you don't even know sometimes that you've been infected. You just think you had a bad day. You just think you got a bad, oh, I had a bad day. That's why I'm acting like that. No, you didn't have a bad day. There's something going on below the surface. Right, is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? And you need a spiritual x-ray to x-ray your heart, to examine it, to see what's there that doesn't belong there because whatever is there is causing unnecessary pain. It's causing unnecessary grief. It's causing unnecessary heartache. And you need the book of Psalms to kind of x-ray your, x-ray your soul so that you can confess and repent. Is anybody following along? I've shared this story before, but it's so revealing that about a year ago, I got invited to preach at a family camp in Wisconsin, all the way in the boondocks of Wisconsin. And they were telling me, Brian, it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Bring your whole family to the, to the boondocks of Wisconsin. Never it, it, Come over here. So I gather up my family, my three kids and my, my wife, and, and we flew over there. We got in a rental car. We were driving in the woods, man. It was like the woods. It was dark. I thought Freddie, anyways, uh, I was driving, right? And so we, we get out of the car, and in the form of some type of orientation, somebody begin to explain to us what's going to go on. Uh, they, they, they started telling me, Brian, uh, you're going to have a fun time here. You're, it's going to be a good time here. But there's one thing you got to be careful about. There's one thing you, you really got to be, be careful about. You gotta, you, there's one thing you got to protect yourself from. And I'm like, whoa, what are you talking about? I just came from Los Angeles. And, I, I, you know, I was worried about drive-bys and all that stuff. And now I come all the way in the boondocks of Wisconsin. You're telling me one thing? Yeah, there's one. What is it? He said, you got to watch out for the ticks. Uh, what? what? What is that? What is that? I, I did what you told me. Y'all, I got to Google it. He said, Brian, don't worry. Don't worry, Brian. But you just got to walk out for the ticks because you won't even, they're so small. They're so small. You, you won't even know. And they'll jump on you. And they'll be crawling on you. You won't even know. And they will lodge themselves into your skin. And, and a month from then, you'll, you'll develop a fever, and, and, and you'll think you're sick, but you're actually dying. You'll, you'll think you got a cold, but you're actually dying. Don't, but don't worry, Brian. Don't worry, Brian. Don't, don't worry, Brian. But you just got to watch out uh, for the ticks because, because if they lodge into you, you could catch some form of, I don't know what it's called, yellow fever. I don't know what it, what it is. But, but, but it'll catch up to you in a couple months, and you'll go, to the, you'll go to the hospital asking for Tylenol, but you need more than Tylenol. Hello? You go to the hospital asking for a certain type of medication, but it, that's not the medication you need because that's not the problem you have.
You can best believe those nights, I was like, Laura, look, I see something crawling on me. Ah! But how many know that there are spiritual ticks in this world? Y'all don't, there, there are spiritual ticks in this world that you got to be aware of. That's why we have the armor of God. Uh, there, there's some spiritual things that try to latch on or jump on or influence our, our life. And that's why you have to have the armor of God to protect you. And that's why before you go to sleep, you better make sure that you cover yourself with the blood of the Lamb. You, when you wake up, you better make sure you're praying over yourself. And if you got a spouse, you better look on each other's backs and necks and make sure ain't no tick got on them. Someone shout amen. So Psalms, it x-rays our souls. And here's the last, here's the last one as we kind of anticipate for God is going to do. Psalms ignites passion in our hearts. It ignites passions in our hearts. How many know that serving the Lord is not a sprint, but a marathon? Serving the Lord is not a sprint. If you just gave your life to the Lord, you're probably excited. You probably got filled with passion. Praise the Lord for that. But that passion is going to go away eventually. And you're going to have to get refilled up. You're going to have to get filled up. Psalms is full of spiritual passion that will ignite our soul. It's more than just poetry. Psalms are, are poetry on fire. Like you cannot read the book of Psalms and not be moved in your soul. You cannot be, read the book of Psalms and not be touched in your soul. For example, in Psalm 63, verse 8, listen to what it says. It says, with passion I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. Don't that do something to your spirit? Don't, you, don't that do something to your soul? If it don't do something to your soul, something, something's wrong. Listen to Psalm 63 verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Doesn't that do something to your soul? Oh, God, my God, make it personal. You're my God. I earnestly search for you like I'm running after you. I'm climbing walls for you. I'm climbing up mountains for you, oh, my God. My soul thirsts for you. Doesn't that do something to your soul? Fills you with passion. It fills you with determination that that God wants you to serve him with passion, my brothers and sisters. Listen, God doesn't want you to just always, sometimes you got to crawl to church. I understand that. Sometimes you got to crawl into church. Maybe you had a bad week. I understand that. But by and large, my brothers and sisters, God wants you filled with passion when you serve the Lord. So God wants you to fill with passion when you worship the Lord. And as we learn the book of Psalms, it's going to supercharge our spirits. It's going to supercharge our spirits. It's going to supercharge our spirits. And I want to live supercharged. I don't want to live beat up. I don't want to live beat up. I want to live supercharged. And my, my prayer for you, Chapel of Change, is I want you to be passionate about Jesus. I want you to be passionate about the kingdom of God. Uh, God has a vision for Chapel of Change. God has a vision for Chapel of Change. God wants Chapel of Change to impact the world with the gospel. God wants us to impact the world with the gospel. God doesn't just want us on the sidelines. God wants us to impact the world with the gospel. God wants us to build an army of 1,000 worshipers. God wants us to build an army 
of believers, of disciples that are baptized with Holy Ghost fire, that know how to lay hands on the sick, that will run off the devil every time he shows up. God wants an army. God wants us to plant churches that will plant churches. God wants us to win souls and make disciples. God wants us to help restore marriages and families. God wants us to raise up godly kids, godly girls, godly boys. And it's going to take passion to do that. It's going to take something more than just education, more than just strength from the physical sense. It's going to take passion. It's going to take Holy Ghost fire to do that. And listen, we get our passion in part. We get filled up in part by going to the book of Psalms. As we give our minds and our hearts to the book of Psalms, it's going to fill our hearts with passion. And so, my brothers and sisters, I want to put a prayer up on the screen. And I want to do a spiritual exercise. I would like for you to repeat this prayer with me out loud. And then after we pray, I want you to personalize it and just pray it yourself. I want the worship team, if you can come back up for a moment. Um, and so get ready. I want you to say this prayer with me out loud. And then after we pray, uh, personalize this prayer. Let's just have a time of prayer uh, amongst e each other. So are you ready? Get re are you ready? You're going to say it out loud. Are you ready? So repeat this prayer with me. Lord, please search our hearts and cleanse us from hidden sin. Please heal our hearts and fill us with fresh passion for you and your kingdom that we may serve you out of overflowing love. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together just right where you're at. Let's personalize this prayer. Come on. Let's just have a couple moments of prayer. We're starting right now. We're not going to start till Thursday. We're starting right now. Let's personalize this prayer. Lord, fill us, Lord. Search our hearts. Cleanse our hearts in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray just for a couple moments. Hallelujah, Lord. Pray, pray, pray. Right where you're at, just pray. Lord, search my heart. Lord, search my heart. Cleanse my heart, Lord. Pray right where you're at. In the name of Jesus, pray. Just a couple more moments. Lord, search our hearts. Cleanse our hearts, Lord. Fill us, Lord, with passion. Open our eyes, O oh Lord, to your word. Open our eyes, O oh Lord, to your word. Give us revelation, illumination. While everybody is with their head bowed, their eyes closed, it's just an atmosphere of prayer.
If you're in the house and you feel or sense that you have been living with a broken heart and you want prayer, you want prayer for your broken heart, you want God to increase the healing in your heart, you have an anxious heart, you have a fearful heart, insecure heart. If you want to start the process of your healing or increase your healing, you need prayer for that. While everybody remains in atmosphere of prayer, if that's you, just stand up right where you're at so we could pray for you. If that's you, stand up right where you're at so we could pray for you. I'm going to ask Pastor Lord to come up. healing broken hearts this month this month greater levels of freedom greater levels of healing this month we anticipate we expect by faith in God's word he's a healing God he's a breakthrough God we're going to lean into greater levels of healing we're going to lean in to greater levels of freedom Pastor Laura, can you just pray that God heal the brokenhearted? That's what Jesus said he came to do. And pray that those have increased healing. Increased healing because oftentimes healing is a process. Especially when you deal with the heart. Before Laura prays, I just want to remind us there's different compartments in our heart. Different kind of rooms in our heart. And we're going to have to unlock some rooms of our heart this month. We're going to have to unlock them back rooms. Them things that you try not to think about. But they're actually affecting your life. Lord, can you pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into agreement with your word. According to the prayer of David in Psalm 139, 23. Search our heart, O oh God, and know us. Search us deep. See every anxiety, every anxious thought that we've carried deep inside us, even as children. We've come before you this morning, Lord, and we lift up our hands and we open up our hearts to you. And we ask you, God, to go deep, to do a deeper level healing inside each one of us. We ask, God, that by your mercy and by your compassion, you would heal us and you would mend our broken hearts, that you would reveal the hidden things that have been trapped inside of us and that you would begin to uproot those things those lies 
those strongholds that are not our portion and that you would begin by your power and your might to reveal your truth to give us a revelation of your truth of who you are and what your word says we are and we ask oh God that you would pour your healing oil over our hearts that it would begin to heal every aspect of our being we ask God that you would help us to know the truth and that in the midst of knowing and believing your truth we would be set free from everything that hinders us and holds us down and we thank you God that you are able to do the supernatural you are able to do what no man can do you are able to go deep and God we ask by faith in the month of October as we set our hearts and open up our mouths to worship and pray you would hear the prayer of your people that you would begin to heal and dry every tear that has been laid out to you God at this altar and in the altars of our home heal our marriages heal our children heal the dreams that you place inside of us heal us Lord in our spirit our soul and our body and we thank you by faith for hearing for responding in Jesus name amen let's seal this moment with worship let's seal this moment with worship church let's worship the Lord for a couple more moments the spirit of the Lord is in the house search my heart purify my soul speak healing over this congregation today I speak life over this congregation today in the mighty name of Jesus I speak power over today this congregation in the mighty name of Jesus I speak strength over this congregation today in the mighty name of Jesus I speak favor today over this congregation for the month of October in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak godly opportunities over this congregation in the mighty name of Jesus for the month of October. I speak blessing from the Lord God Almighty over this congregation 
for the month of October in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise as Pastor Raymond comes up and leads us. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Thank you, Jesus, for that powerful word. At this time, we're, we're um, processing our service into the tithes and offerings portion of our service where we get a chance to respond to the word of God. And uh, I have a scripture here found in Exodus 35. But at this time, Moses was uh, charging the Israelites and challenging the Israelites to give unto the work of God. They were about to embark into the desert. They were about to erect the Ten of Meetings where the presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant was there and, and all these things that the Lord wanted to do um, in the house, in his house. How many of you guys have been experiencing God moving in your lives? And, and in this scripture, he highlights two things that he's looking for when he's making this charge. He's, he's highlighting a willing heart and hearts that are moved by God. Exodus 35, 21 reads, And everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for all its services and for the sacred garments. As we prepare to give, my encouragement this morning is that when we give, we give with a willing heart. And we give back in gratitude that God is moving in our lives, brothers and sisters. As the ushers come forward, we have many ways to give here at Chapel of Change. Uh, some will uh, pop up on the screen right now. But if not, uh, we have an opportunity to give by debit card in the back. And also we have Scan to Give where we give by our phone as well. We have... a. Uh, we have uh, many opportunities to give. Some people are giving online. Most of our people give online, so I thank you guys for whoever's giving online to the work of God. We have some announcements to make, as Pastor Brian was saying. We're in our first day of our prayer stations to the glory of God. We're going deeper in the month of October in prayer, so get connected. Get connected in that. Also, we have our Fresh Hope Revival. Get a flyer. The ushers are passing that as, as well and uh, we're giving a special offering to our Kingsman home for the work God is doing in that area to his glory to his honor let us pray and I'll release the ushers Heavenly Father we thank you for the ability to give Lord and we thank you that uh, you give us that heart Lord of gratitude and willingness and and you're moving in our lives Father God and we want uh, to continue to experience that and we want others to experience that as well God so may these tithes and offerings glorify your name project your gospel and love to whoever needs it god in the name of jesus and all god's people said amen ushers you are released
praise the Lord. Let's stand for our feet to and God receive the blessing of the Lord. It is customary at Chapel of Change that we leave with a blessing. So hold your hands out in a receptive posture as we are preparing to receive the blessing as well. I want to call up all the leaders and pastors for those who want additional prayers available. Please come down and uh, you know bring your prayers to the altar. In the name of the Father who loved us with an endless love. And in the name of the Son who died so that we can live. And in the name of the Holy Spirit that continues to guide us and lead us and cover us. May you go with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. God bless you. See you next time.